I'm Lauren. Hello, I'm Sarah. And welcome to Montalina Mama. Welcome back to another episode of Multilingual Mama. Today, we're interviewing a trilingual mama whose family just went through an important change, relocating to a new country with a new language. She's uh, kind enough to talk to us about her experience growing up bilingual, raising her kids bilingual, and her new adventure as a university professor in Belgium. Hello, Joelle, and thank you for agreeing to do this interview. Yeah, Welcome. thanks for welcoming me, and yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. So we're going to get started with getting to know you a little bit better. So can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? What languages were spoken at home or in the community? Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit complicated. Um, I was born in Switzerland, uh, in Zurich, so the German-speaking part of Switzerland. But really right after my birth, um, we moved to France for one year because my father was teaching there. Um, and after that, we moved to Senegal in Africa. Um, so both communities obviously were um, mostly French speaking. Um, at home, we spoke French because my father is from the French speaking part of Switzerland and my mom is from the German speaking part of Switzerland. So I had both Swiss German and um, French um, as a child. So after, um, I think we moved back to Switzerland when it was kind of time to start school for me. So um, yeah, I must have been six years old and we moved back to Switzerland to the German speaking part. So. Yeah, I went to school for a few years in German, and then we moved to the French-speaking part of Switzerland, where I did part of middle school and high school in French, and then I moved back again for university to the German-speaking part of Switzerland. Um, so I got my master's in Zurich, and then after that I moved to Indiana in uh, the United States to get my PhD. Yeah, we lived in the United States for 15 years. And yeah, recently last year, we moved to Belgium. And yeah, we're learning yet another language, basically um, Flemish or Dutch. So yeah, lots and of how moving. Did you, yeah. How did you learn English? Through um, school? Yeah, so um, in Switzerland, I started in seventh grade. So I had maybe two or three hours per week um, from seventh to 12th grade. And then actually in university, I had almost no English. I mean, I took one evening class just to freshen up before I had to write up my master's thesis. And then I moved to the United States and it was really hard to understand people because um, in school we, learned mostly British English. Oh. <laughs> Very different in Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your partner? Uh, what yeah. languages he speaks, where yes. he's from? So um, my partner is from the French speaking part of Switzerland. So he speaks uh, French and well, he learned German in school also um, and he is a fluent English speaker, but we speak French together 
because that's the easiest. And that's also what he speaks to our kids. Yeah. Perfect. And just to clarify, your mom spoke to, in, to you in German. Uh, Swiss German, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. And so, you speak yeah, go ahead. German with your kids? I speak Swiss German with my kids. Yeah. yeah. So you both use French with each other and mm -hmm. then you speak to the kids in Swiss German. And what does your spouse speak, speak to the kids in? He speaks French. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you lived in the U.S. for 15 years, is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So it sounds like in your uh, upbringing or your early years, you lived in a very a multilingual community, just mm -hmm. going back and forth even between the two different, the three, there's three different sides of uh, Switzerland, right? Yeah, like exactly. Uh, what about the U.S.? We want to know a little bit about how was your experience raising your kids bilingual in the U.S.? Oh, trilingual, I should say. Yeah. It's really, really hard um, when you don't have a bigger group of people who speak the language that you speak to them. It's really, I, I have the uh, impression that all they hear is just from one person. So maybe I don't have the same word pool that, you know, I, another person would have. So uh, I think. Yeah, it would have been really nice to to have more um, German speaking or French speaking people around just to diversify, um, you know, what they hear and different dialects and accents, etc. So yeah. you didn't meet anyone else in the community? Yeah, not not really. Actually, um, we were mostly connected to. Well, we had few German friends and. Um, French speaking friends, but we were really speaking mostly English with them because mm -hmm. oftentimes we're, there were also English speaking people around. So, yeah. I was so excited to hear them speak French. I think it was our first <laughs> week at Wake. And yeah, exactly. We had all the new faculty together and we just sat down right next to their table. And I think it was my husband who picked them. I was like, they're speaking French. And I was like, oh, no really? way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's really rare to to hear um, languages other than English and mostly Spanish in the, in the yeah. United States. So, yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, your kids' language proficiency and language dominance? What was their dominance like before you left the U.S. and mm -hmm. how has that kind of changed with this move? Yeah. So um, clearly. English was the most dominant for them. Okay. Um, when we were still in the United States, we really had to remind them, oh, try to answer in French, try to answer in Swiss German. Um, and obviously they heard more French than Swiss German because I was speaking with my husband, with Pierre mm. in French a lot. So they were more inclined to answer in French than in Swiss German. Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, they could understand Swiss German really well, but they had oftentimes troubles just answering in Swiss German. Um, mm -hmm. Strangely enough, my older one, who is now a teenager, um, was pretty good in writing in French. And even though it's a 
mm-hmm. pretty hard language to write. And yeah, he took German in middle school in North Carolina. So yeah. he now also is pretty good in um, writing. So, uh, Joël, can you tell us a little bit about your kids' age so that we can? Yeah, yeah. Oh, more? yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have two sons, um, Raphael and Leo. And they are 15 and 8. And so Raphael was born in Switzerland just before we moved to the United States. And Leo was born in Indiana. So he's really, he grew up totally in this uh, environment. And how old were they when you moved to Belgium? Uh, So, yeah, they were, it was last year. So Raphael was yeah, still 15. And uh, Leo was okay. seven. Yeah. And I guess people have pointed out to you that you have two Ninja Turtles. Yeah, unfortunately. No, um, I love it. I love those names. No, I, I, I didn't notice until um, I gave birth <laughs> to the second one and was re- really five minutes before birth. It was crazy. Um, they're beautiful names. Thank you. Yeah, they are. Since you have uh, a son, it's like he's a teenager, so maybe mm-hmm. he's more, um, he's going through this, you know, phase in which he's trying to identify who he is, where he identifies as, um, going through all the emotions of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a teenager. Did you ever ask him or did you at some point ask him whether he identified as American, Swiss, oh. a mix of both? Oh, he totally identifies as an American, even though he's not a citizen at all. Um, yeah, since we moved here, that's like, that's what he is. Um, that's so I think it, it has to do with probably missing the United States a little bit. So yeah, he, I think he never tells his friends here that he's Swiss. Wow. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the decision to move? to Belgium, how you guys came to that decision and um, yeah. what considerations you took into account? Ooh, yeah, so, I mean, it was really for the job that we moved here. I mean, it was just a perfect fit. And a congratulations. Really, yeah, thank you. A good university, really good university. Yeah. Um, I mean, the language aspect was a bit scary. Um, just because, you know, especially Raphael, who is 15, doesn't have much time left to learn the language really well before he finishes uh, compulsory school. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have to learn the language because at some point I will have to teach in Dutch. So, yeah, that was maybe the biggest part that would hold us back a little bit. But in the end, it's it's another opportunity to expand um, skills, language skills, and it's close enough to German that I felt like we would be able to manage somehow. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. definitely commend you for for making that decision. It's a tough one. You were in a tough spot, but you did what, what was best for your family. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank for you. Sure. So tell us a little bit more about how the move has. Um, affected you or like how have you navigated a little bit adapting to Belgium maybe mm-hmm. your language a new culture how has that been for you so how is it big for me uh I mean it was really hard in the beginning uh just to understand it makes you really tired to 
um, try to understand um, people and the stories, etc. Um, <clears throat> what about your your language dominance right now? I think you yeah. and I talked. Yeah, you and, I, you and I talked about it, and you said that your your German is really helping you with. Yeah, it's, yeah. So absolutely, the German is helping me a lot in my Dutch classes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the sentence structure, etc., is really similar. Um, the words are very similar. So I'm really doing an effort to um, text that I can without, you know, going to Google Translate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm able to manage most of the things I read. Um, the speaking part is really tricky because the pronunciation is very different. So, mm-hmm. well, so with me being a perfectionist, it's Yeah, this is really the biggest barrier I face right now is just the oral aspect of the language that I am Mm -hmm. still too afraid to speak. Yeah, I want to point out you're a superwoman. I cannot imagine starting a new job in a new country, learning a a new language while your kids are also probably adjusting to a new environment. Mm -hmm. Can you you tell us a a little bit more about your kids? How are they managing this huge change from yeah. a linguistic as well as a personal standpoint. Well, I think they are the superheroes actually because um, yeah, within three months, I think you had predicted this, Sarah, that within three months, um, the little one would be pretty fluent. So he's able to hold conversations with um, people here um, without any problems. Sometimes he just starts to um, speak Dutch with us, which is also funny because, yeah, <laughs> some words I just don't understand. Um, and then the older one, luckily, he arrived, you know, in a school system that's really used to um, welcoming foreign citizens. So they have everything in place to teach them Dutch for one year. That's all they do. Um, and it's really exclusively Dutch. And I think he's, you know, probably at B2 level right now already after just mm-hmm. a few few months. So, yeah, he's doing really well also. And, yeah. Do you think that their French and Swiss German definitely helped them pick up Flemish or not quite? Uh, I think their German wasn't good enough to help them pick up Flemish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But definitely the age probably help them since you, you've noticed the difference between them and yeah yourself. yeah 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 oh yeah and for them you know they're in a in a Dutch environment so they hear it all the time um whereas I'm still exposed to a lot of English speaking people so for me it's harder to practice yeah right. do you speak uh English at work mostly yeah or? yeah mostly English yeah 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 so all the administration is done in Dutch. So faculty meetings, etc., are in Dutch. Um, mm-hmm. So for now, I'm just an active listener, but I don't really say a lot. Um, Do your kids get to use their English at all? Um, well, no, actually. Um, so yeah, the teenager is again, in this class that's really exclusively um, designed to learn Dutch. So they don't, yeah, he doesn't get to use 
touch at all in uh, English, I mean. And mm -hmm. yeah, the little one also um, is not exposed to people who speak English anymore. So do you, yeah. is it too early to tell maybe, but do you see them losing any English dominance uh, or fluency? So it's funny because they still speak English uh, amongst each other. So each other, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think they will lose it that quickly. Yeah, Raphael will integrate a normal classroom uh, next year and they will have English yeah, for Leo. I don't know. I, I still don't know how I will manage that part, you know, just trying to maintain the English um, for Leo so he doesn't lose it between now and the time they start um, English in school. He has he has a good foundation because how old was he when you guys moved? Six? Um, yeah, seven. So seven. So that's still gonna be there. It's just gonna. I hope so. Yeah. I think in Belgium people learn English fairly well compared to other countries like Spain or France. So yeah, yeah, they're really good here. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you have any advice for other families who might be about to move to a new country or? Um, kind of have a big change in, in linguistic or just the living yeah. situation that they're in and the advice? Yeah, so I think it's really important to find a school that knows how to handle um, children who don't speak the language. So for us, that was really important to talk to other foreigners here and see how um, their kids were taught the new language. Um, another thing I think is helpful is actually that I also learned Dutch just because it, you know, it's not just them having to, to go through this hard time. They also see that I'm, you know, doing my homework every day when I can and trying to learn the grammar, etc. So Doing it as a family is probably also very helpful. And the last thing is really um, trying to get them into sports or some, you know, some extracurricular activity as fast as possible. Yeah, they they are now in, in different sports and they just talk Dutch there. And most of the time, the people there don't really, you know, speak English or want to speak switch to English so it's a good way to just immerse the kids in Dutch yeah mm -hmm. and make friends yeah make friends also exactly yeah yeah that's all great advice I mean I don't know but it sounds like good advice yeah uh, you mentioned that you've been in touch with other foreigners who relocated to Belgium has this been a good community for you as a mother um yeah yeah I mean I think really the exchange about schools, because I, I didn't know the school system here, um, that was really useful. I mean, with the pandemic, I, I didn't get to meet a lot of people um, other than, you know, outside at cafes from time to time, but anything from immigration issues or <laughs> language or school or what type of sports club to choose, that's yeah, it's really important to know there are a few foreigners that went through the same motions at some point. Right. Yeah, there are so many things to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Yeah, we're finding it uh, healthcare and yeah, health, exactly. immigration issues, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm curious about the job, for instance, right? Did they support you linguistically um, or your family? Did, were they aware of what a big change this was for you to relocate completely? Did they help you with any of this? Um, yes. Yeah, so for um, the language courses, it's really free to me, and I mean, I made sure that. They understand that this is going to take a lot of time. For, I mean, they, they told me after three years, you need to have this and this level. And I told them, well, if I do this, then, you know, I hope that you will have more flexibility with other um, areas that I need to succeed in, like, you know, research and teaching, etc. So it's really, for me, it's a bigger balance to maintain than for other people who already know Dutch. Um, but yeah, the university has a really, really good um, language learning center, so they know what they are doing and they have excellent teachers. Yeah, as I said, for new faculty, the language courses are free. Before I started, I had one week of intensive classes just to, you know, learn the minimum. Um, yeah, so they really try hard to to help us integrate. I mean, they they didn't really for the family. The university didn't really, you know, help so much. That's that's mm -hmm. really all. Um, right. That was yeah, me organizing yeah. everything. I'm glad that you got some support because it's not always the case. Yeah, for yeah. The family, yeah. but to uh, end on a more positive note, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> thinking about the downside of everything. No, let's talk about something positive. What are some of the things that you really like about living in Belgium and the new environment your kids are growing up in? Uh, so, I mean, it's really affordable for families, the healthcare oh. system, you know, all the social yeah. security aspects are really, really much better here. Um, one thing I really like, I don't have a car anymore, <laughs> which I really enjoy um, just driving around either by bus or by bike. Um, I really, her, I've seen her brag about the transportation system, but also the bikes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, I have. I mean, here it's so really, jealous. It, it makes no sense to have a car in the city. And if you need a car, there's rental places all around. I mean, like, you know, shared zip car type of mm -hmm. um, offers. Um, yeah, one thing I really like for my kids is actually that they have more freedom and independence. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in the United States, I had to drive Rafael to climbing. I had to drive him to music, blah, blah, blah. And here, really, he can go bike bus, by bike, etc. He is visiting friends in Brussels from time to time, just going by train on his own. Um, yeah, so I really have the impression that the society is made, or yeah, it's important Good for quality. the society here to, yeah, just the quality of life, the mm -hmm. children's independence and yeah. Those are amazing things. I'm extremely mm. jealous right now. Mm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can no, no. anytime. Yeah. I'm going to have to come visit you. I mean, I have yes. issues. I'm going to be closer. But, well, I have one, two final questions that are a little bit of a big question. So mm -hmm, I can mm -hmm. 
think about them. <laughs> but it's also to end on a positive note, okay? So yes. where do you see yourself personally in five to 10 years? And what are your hopes and dreams for your kiddos moving forward? I know, they're not easy. I'm <laughs> giving you homework. I'm like, come on. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I really hope that I can actually still be here in Belgium in five to 10 years. I hope that I will have learned the language and that Raphael and Leo know the language. I, I hope that Raphael can really succeed in university with the language or whatever he learned until then. Oh, man, that's, that that's is the, the has, has Raphael told you, since you guys are both in, uh, in sciences, mm -hmm. pure science, basically, um, has he mentioned what he wants to do if he goes to college? Oh, certainly not science. Interesting. I love that. I've seen that pattern before. Yes. What, what yeah. Wow. No, he, I think he, he's really... So, you know, in the United States, you have a lot of debate clubs. I think he would totally, yeah, slay in debate, club, debate <laughs> clubs. He would, yeah, he, he should do political sciences yeah. or economics, something like this. Well, he's in the country for That's it. Good, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. His, his uh, best friend is living just behind the European Parliament. So... He sees all this activity all the time. And he's very intrigued. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Is he I think he was playing guitar, right? In guitar. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's play, he's still playing guitar. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, we just want to thank you so much because uh, I thought of you before you guys decided to move. I was really interested in your family dynamics, and mm -hmm. uh, you are wonderful people, and we're just gonna miss you so much. But we're really excited that you guys have found a place closer to home in a way too yes yeah yeah oh yeah and then you're liking the the experience of living in in belgium and i just hope you can keep that job forever because i know you were really excited when you yeah yeah heard the news. Yeah, yeah yeah it's a really it's a really cool place congratulations and thank you and best of luck we wish you we wish you the best for you mm -hmm. and for your husband yeah excellent well thanks for interviewing me and yeah, if I have any language questions, le learning and acquisition, I will ask you. Sure, reach out anytime. We're yes. here. Mm -hmm. Cool. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. We will leave it there for today, but we'll be back soon with another mm -hmm. episode of Multilingual Mamas. So, hasta luego. Ciao. ever have questions for us or questions about the podcast go to home and our website at www.multilingualmamaspodcast.com and click on the link for questions make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram and stay tuned for another episode of multilingual mamas